Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and there is a lot of news to go over uh, post Thanksgiving. Of course, we have the Thanksgiving weekend box office numbers, news from Hollywood, and streaming updates. Let's start with the domestic top five. With it being Thanksgiving weekend, the numbers will be in a five-day format to include Wednesday and Thursday. With that being said, in a surprising finish, the Hunger Games, the Battle of Songbirds and Snakes, came in first place with $41.1 million for a total of $98.3 million. Opening in second place was Napoleon with $32.5 million. Opening in third place was Wish with $31.7 million. Fourth place was Trolls Band Together with $25.3 million for a total now of $64.4 million. And in fifth place was Thanksgiving with $11.1 million for a total of $24.1 million. So the big news here is Disney, where their bad November and honestly bad year keeps getting worse. Wish was supposed to be their big family film for the holiday season, and it turns out no one cares. The bad reviews clearly didn't help as well. And with a reported budget of around $200 million or just right under it, this will be another money loser for the company. I think at this point with audiences, the view on Disney has gone sour, and they are not willing to give them a chance. Uh, before, it kind of didn't matter if a Disney movie was just okay or amazing. People showed up, especially over the last few years. Now, if it's not getting people excited or getting good reviews, they're done. They're out. We've seen that throughout the year, and especially here with Wish and the Marvels. To make matters worse, films take a few years to make, so any changes made now to improve their films, you're not going to see that till 2025 at least. As for Apple and Sony, who distributed Napoleon for Apple, this was, I think, a good weekend. Reviews have not been as good as Killers of the Flower Moon, and we will need to see how word of mouth goes, but there is at least initially clear interest from people to go see it. Now, like Wish, this also has a budget of around $200 million, so while it might do better at the box office than Wish and the Marvels, it still might lose a little bit of cash. And as for Lionsgate, well, they must be pretty happy as they won the holiday weekend. With the Hunger Games holding strong so far, I think this won't have a problem now hitting 150 million domestic. This weekend made it clear audiences are enjoying the movie. In China, Thriller Across the Red Sea opened to 24.6 million. Opening in second place was Beyond the Clouds with 5.3 million. And with previews is now at $7.5 million. Third place was Seven Killings, which opened to 5.2 million. Fourth place was New Dimensions Crayon Sinchan the Movie, Battle of Supernatural Powers, Flying Sushi, which opened on Saturday and earned 4.7 million. And opening in fifth place was Wish with 4.7 million. So a lot of new releases in China this week, uh, with Across the Red Sea being the clear winner. The international results were very similar to the domestic one. Napoleon earned 46.3 million for a worldwide opening weekend of $78.8 million. Wish earned $17.3 million for a worldwide opening weekend of $49 million. Meanwhile, the Battle of Songbird and Snakes is about to pass $200 million, with it earning $26.2 million for a worldwide total of $197.3 million. The Marvels continues to collapse, earning only $7.9 million for a worldwide total of $187.1 million. Killers of the Flower Moon made $1.5 million for a worldwide total of $151.8 million, and Trolls Band Together is now at $145.8 million worldwide. Also in South Korea, noticeably, 
a movie called 1212 The Day, directed by Kim Song-ju, opened to $11 million, making it the second biggest opening of the year over there. So definitely a strong opening weekend for the movie. For news in Hollywood, there is a lot to go over, so I think let's just go right into uh, production updates and then general news. Uh, Beetlejuice 2 has wrapped filming. They only had a few days to go before the actor strike started, and with that over, they got right back to it to finish it up. As of now, it is still locked for a release on September 6th, 2024. Sticking with Warner Brothers for a minute, Deadline is exclusively reporting that Danielle Brooks and Sebastian Eugene Hansen are joining the Minecraft movie starring Jason Momoa. Production of the film is finally set to begin shortly. This has been a film years and years in development, so to see it actually move forward is kind of weird. Sonic the Hedgehog 3 has now started filming, with Paramount releasing a teaser image of Shadow. The latest Sonic film is set to come out at December 20th, 2024. Over at Bloomhouse and Universal, Deadline is exclusively reporting that a lot of the cast of The Black Phone will be coming back for its sequel. This includes Ethan Hawke, Madeline McGraw, Mason Thames, and Jeremy Davies. The horror film is set to come out June 27th, 2025. From Focus Features, they announced that Nosafastu, directed by Robert Eggers, is set to come out on December 25th, 2024. They also released an image from the film, giving us a tease of what's to come. I wouldn't think this would be a movie to release during the holidays, but it would be good counter-programming to the more family-friendly movies coming out like Sonic, for example. And it can also do a push for the awards at the same time. Personally, I really liked The Lighthouse and A Northman, so I'm looking forward to this. Saban Films announced that they have bought the U.S. rights to Knox Goes Away. This is the upcoming thriller movie starring and directed by Michael Keaton. It will get a theatrical release sometime in 2024. An exclusive from Deadline, a movie about Trump is in development, with Sebastian Stan set to play as him. The focus will be on Trump in the 70s and 80s as he works on his real estate business with the film directed by Ali Abbasi. Deadline is also reporting that Jeremy Strong is set to play Roy Cohen, and Maria Barakova is set to play Ivana Trump. Production has already started, so this will likely be a film that finishes first, and then hit the market to sell the distribution rights. And over at Marvel Studios, Deadline is also exclusively reporting that Michael Waldron will be writing Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Previously, he was just set to write the script to Avengers Secret Wars. Now he will be writing both. While I found the script for Multiverse of Madness to be a bit weak, I do think it is a good idea to have the same writer for both Avenger movies, since they will be heavily connected. Over at Sony, and more specifically TriStar, they are moving forward with a sequel to Thanksgiving, with Eli Roth already working on a script for it. He posted the announcement on Instagram saying he wants to take his time to get the script right, and the movie is set to come out sometime in 2025. This isn't surprising, as it's reviewed well and doing good at the box office, so a sequel was kind of expected. Just a little surprised it was announced this quick. Ad Warner Brothers deadline is exclusively reporting that Paul Greengrass is set to direct and produce Drowning, The Rescue of Flight 421. This is an adaptation of a book that the studio won the rights to adapt earlier in 2023. Now let's take a closer look at Disney as Bob Iger had a few things to say. First, from his interview with Andrew Ross Sorkin. In an interview, he says the reason the Marvels is underperforming is due to lack of supervision, which was due to COVID. Quote, the Marvels was shot during COVID. There wasn't as much supervision on the set, so to speak, where we have executives really looking over what's being done day after day after day. End quote. He also mentioned that Disney's films have been lackluster at the box office recently due to streaming and recent messaging in films. 
He also brought up the high standard Disney was put at with all their success over the last few years. Quote, and I'm not sure another studio will ever achieve some of the numbers that we achieved. I mean, we got to the point where if a film didn't do a billion dollars in global box office, we were disappointed. That's an unbelievably high standard, and I think we have to get more realistic. End quote. I mean, for the most part, he isn't exactly wrong. Streaming has changed people's attitude on value for money. This is why Disney and other studios are trying to change it by stretching out how long it takes for a movie in theaters to go to streaming. They're basically working on building it back out, windowing to a degree. As a lack of supervision for the Marvels, that could have been part of it. But I think from what it seems like, I personally haven't seen it myself, is that it was also chopped up quite a bit and the initial plans didn't work, so changes were made and those just didn't work out. Would supervision from Disney executives helped? Maybe. But I don't think it would have turned it into a surefire hit either. Iger is right about the box office, though, especially the run they had in 2019. Disney has been kept to a higher standard, but the results they have gotten this year so far have been terrible as well. If this was any other studio, they would be getting ripped to shreds as well with the performance. Bob Iger held a town hall meeting for Disney employees and basically confirmed what everyone has been saying for a while. They are making too much and quality is starting to suffer. Quote, in assessing some of our performance recently, one of the reasons I believe it's fallen off a bit is that we were making too much. I think when it comes to creativity, quality is critical, of course, and quantity in many ways can destroy quality. Storytelling, obviously, is the core of what we do as a company. End quote. There was also movement on the proxy fight between Nelson Peltz. First, Disney announced some board changes with Francis A. D'Souza stepping down and Jeremy Darrock and James Gorman being nominated to the board. Shareholders will have to vote to approve the nominations in early 2024. As for Peltz, he says he and his company Tryon will take their case directly to shareholders as Disney have rejected his request for board seats. Here is part of the company's statement on the matter. Quote, since we gave Disney the opportunity to prove it could right the ship last February, up to our re-engagement weeks ago, shareholders lost $70 billion of value. Disney's share price has underperformed, proxy peers, and the broader market over every relevant period during the last decade and over the tenure of each incumbent director. Investor confidence is low, key strategic questions loom, and even Disney's CEO is acknowledging that the company's challenges are greater than previously believed. While James Gorman and Sir Jeremy Darrick represent an improvement from the status quo, the addition of these directors will not, in our view, restore investor confidence or address the root cause behind the significant value destruction and missteps that this board has overseen. Tryon intends to take our case for change directly to shareholders. End quote. Disney also responds to this by calling out that Ike Perlmutter has a personal vendetta against Iger, basically saying, hey, look, you are not looking out for the best interest of shareholders as the main source of your Disney stock is a man who was fired and now hates Disney's CEO. So yeah, it looks like it's going to get messy. Ahead of closing the deal to buy E1, Lionsgate will be laying off up to 10% of E1 employees over the next few weeks to months. The buyout is supposed to be completed by the end of November. Hopefully, all those affected will land on their feet soon with new jobs. Sadly, we did have some deaths this week. First, Mark Thrope died due to complications from Parkinson's disease. He was 77 years old. He was a visual effects artist who worked on Star Wars and Indiana Jones films. Charles Officer died at 49 years old due to complications from a heart attack. He was both an actor and a director in Canada. Thoughts and prayers are with their families, and may they rest in peace. We also got an update on producer Kevin Turin, 
where the medical examiner's report shows that he died due to multiple heart issues, including coronary artery disease. Just terrible to hear, really. An exclusive from Deadline, they are reporting that Sylvester Stallone is changing agencies, moving from CAA to UTA. IMAX has signed a deal with Pathé Cinemas for five new IMAXs with laser systems. Of the five, four of them will be set up in France. In another exclusive from Deadline, they are reporting that the Cinerama Theater in Los Angeles will not be reopening in 2024, and instead will open sometime in Q2 2025. This is due to the work on redesigning the area. The famous theater has been closed since 2021. Variety is exclusively reporting that producer Joel Silver has been fired from the production of Play Dirty, an upcoming film from Amazon MGM Studios. As for why, well, apparently he was verbally abusive to studio executives over creative differences. The movie is directed by Shane Black and stars Mark Wahlberg. Speaking of people who have been recently fired, the former CEO of NBC Universal is in talks to join Redbird Capital Partners. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that he has already been working at it in an informal capacity and is looking to join full-time. And the Gotham Awards were held as well as we get ready to kick off the award season. Set in New York City, Past Lives won Best Feature, Anatomy of the Fall won Best International Feature, Lily Gladstone won Outstanding Lead Performance for Flowers at a Killer Moon, and Charles Melton won Outstanding Supporting Performance for May-December. We start off VOD Premium in South Korea, where two streaming services are in talks to merge. Wave and TVing are in talks to merge, and if it does happen, CJENM would become the majority owner of the new company. As for why they are talking about merging, well, it's to strengthen their position in the streaming market there and go up against Netflix and based on subscribers would overtake Netflix to become the biggest streamer in the country. For Apple TV+, Slow Horses is now back with its third season. Personally, I'm looking forward to watching it. The first two seasons were great. Also over at Apple TV+, they have canceled Swagger after two seasons. This was a basketball drama show they had that starred O'Shea Jackson Jr., for MGM+, Plus, they have renewed Godfather of Harlem for a fourth season, which will include 10 episodes. Production is set to begin sometime in 2024. At Stars, they are moving forward with a fourth season of Power Book 3, Raising Can. Production has already started, and season 3 is currently airing. Oppenheimer is having a strong start in digital and physical sales. Deadline has an exclusive on a report from Samba TV which says in the first five days, the movie got 388,000 views compared to Barbie, which got 363,000 views. Now remember, these aren't 100% accurate, as it is mostly focused on smart TVs, but that is still around 388,000 people that paid at least $20 each since it's not on Peacock yet. And in what I think is a first, a 4K movie is going out of stock, repeatedly. Many retailers have posted that the 4K version of Oppenheimer is out of stock, as people bought it over the holidays, but it wasn't even on sale. People were just buying it at full price. And this might be due to Nolan's recent comments supporting buying on physical. Universal has come out and said that they are already working on replenishing supply of it as soon as possible. Oppenheimer really is the gift that keeps on giving for Universal. And look, it's normal for special editions of physical movies to be sold out quickly like steelbooks. But this is just the regular 4K copy. It's crazy. Let's stick with Comcast and move from Universal to Peacock. It was announced that the streaming service will be added to Instacart Plus. I had no extra charge for customers. To be honest, I didn't know Instacart had a subscription service, but I'm not surprised. 
As for what it offers, it's similar to Walmart Plus with it offering free shipping on all orders over $35. While they are smart in starting to offer Peacock and other subscription services, I don't think that they will get a big boost in subscribers because how many people are actually subscribed to this? I don't think a lot. Peacock released the first trailer of Ted. This is a series that is a prequel to the two Ted movies as it focuses on Ted and John in high school. With that being said, it kind of goes without saying that Mark Wahlberg will not be reprising his role as John. While Wahlberg is not a part of it, Seth MacFarlane is back to co-showrun, produce, and write as well, and be the voice of Ted. The show will have seven episodes and premiere on January 11th. Over at HBO, Deadline is exclusively reporting that a movie is in development based on George Santos. The movie will be based on a just-released book about the former congressman called The Fabulist the lying, hustling, grifting, stealing, and fairy American legend of George Santos. Honestly, just hearing things here and there about the guy, I am not surprised this is turning into a movie. Some of the stuff around him is kind of insane for a politician, and really didn't become bigger news because he just wasn't in a bigger position of power. Craig Mazin has revealed that season two of The Last of Us will go into production on February 12th. Also from Warner Brothers, they are developing a reality TV show in China. Warner Bros. International Television will produce the show for Warner Brothers Discovery China called Glow Up China. It's about makeup artists. The show will be available in China on Tencent Video. It's interesting that they're making shows for Chinese streaming services. Maybe down the road, they will make scripted shows as well. And a lot of the next few stories uh, come from CCXP, which is a big annual convention in Brazil. It was here that the first trailer was released for the upcoming second season of House of Dragons set to premiere in the summer. For Paramount Plus, they announced that the second season of Halo will premiere on February 8th and also released the first trailer for it. Looks like they're gonna go all in on the fall of Reach, so I'm hoping for some good action. The streamer also announced the final season of Star Trek Discovery, which will premiere in April, and they also released a preview clip of the upcoming season. For Amazon, there was a few updates for Prime Video. It was announced that Reacher has been re renewed for a third season, this comes ahead of the second season premiering on December 15th. We got the first trailer of the fourth season of The Boys, set to come out sometime in 2024. It still looks good, and personally, can't wait for it. And while not directly announced at CCXP, Variety is reporting that a new spinoff is in development for The Boys, set in Mexico City. Should be interesting, also shows how big of a franchise The Boys has become for Prime Video. Variety is also reporting that the Grand Tour will not be getting another season, they have wrapped up filming a special, and as of now, that's it. The show has been, the show was hosted by the former hosts of Top Gear, Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May. And then finally, for Prime Video, they released the first trailer for the upcoming Fallout show. This is the adaptation of the hit game series, and at least production-wise, it looks pretty good. Personally, some of the armor could look a little better, but it was better than I, what I expected. Hopefully, the story is good as well, and the show premieres on April 12th. Over at Disney, they are taking a page from Paramount, and in January, they will be airing the first season of Only Murders in the Building on ABC. The episodes will air throughout Tuesdays in January, and I take this as a quick and easy way to fill time slots as productions get underway after the strikes. Who knows, if viewership is higher than expected, they might air the second season as well. For FX, Shogun now has a set premiere date of February 27th for the first two episodes, and then weekly releases afterwards. NASCAR is moving forward in expanding access to watching races via streaming. They brokered a new media deal, which now includes four partners. 
Two of them have been mainstays, which are Fox and NBC Universal. They will still get the majority of the races, but for NBC Universal, the rights will be treated similar to the rights that they have for the Premier League, with matches being available on Peacock, USA Network, and NBC. As for the two new partners, TNT Sports is back and will get five races, which will also be available on BR Sports or Bleacher Report Sports for Max and Prime Video also has joined getting five races to air as well. The new deal will start 2025 and last through 2031. Netflix is looking to bulk up their mobile game offerings by getting some Grand Theft Auto titles. These are the re-released definitive versions of Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas that were, were released on consoles last year. They have been updated since the release of the console version was pretty poor. Uh, so the updated versions will be available on mobile devices starting December 14th at no extra charge for Netflix customers. Considering the games Netflix offers right now, I think this is a big get for them in that, that if they're going to push and market that they have a games catalog, it makes it easier to advertise games people have at least heard about. And well, I mean, Grand Theft Auto games are some of the most known ones ever. And it's a great way to get people to try it out. Say, you know, you get people curious, they'll go download San Andreas on their phone, and then they see in the App Store, oh, here's all these other games they can just download and play. That would probably help increase engagement as well. Netflix released a trailer for part two of the last season of The Crown, which is set to premiere on December 14th. Netflix also has a new movie in development with Deadline exclusively reporting that Amy Schumer is set to star and produce Kinda Pregnant. It'll be directed by Tyler Spindle, and Happy Madison is producing as well. So Adam Sandler is a producer for the project. It's been a minute since Schumer has done a film. Hopefully it will be funny. Over in France, TV crew members might go on strike. Their labor union, CGT, SPIAC, is looking to get a 20% raise for its members. But so far, the producers have only offered 5% if they make 1,000 euros or less per week. If they make more than 1,000 euros uh, per week, then they only get a 3% raise. Quite a big gap there. As for now, if the union does vote to strike, it would only be for five days. But the issue here is it could be extended and keep going, which would be a full-on strike. So something to keep in mind over the next few weeks, there could be production shutdown in France. And we finish up with the Nielsen Top 10 charts for the week of October 23rd to the 29th. It looks like the Sony deal for Netflix is paying off as No Hard Feelings debuted in first place with 1.1 billion minutes watched. This was the comedy starring Jennifer Lawrence that came out over the summer. In second place was Suits, as it slows down now with 997 million minutes watched. For streaming originals, The Fall of the House of Usher came in first place with 944 million minutes watched. And Bodies, also for Netflix, came in second place with 768 million minutes watched. For Disney+, Plus, Loki remains in the streaming original top 10, coming in fourth place with 514 million minutes watched. As for movies, No Hard Feelings was obviously first place, with Five Nights at Freddy's coming in at second place with 740 million minutes watched. And as it for this massive episode of Box Office Receipts, if you want to follow me on X Threads or Facebook, links to those are in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.